M A I N M U M U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for March 18, 2011. I'm J.B. Pauls. This week, Paul Henriksen concludes his demonstration of My Movies Pro for the iPhone. Then, J.J. Meta brings us two reports from ATIA. One from Benetech, and another from Handytech North America. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. So let's go back here to the front of, this, of the um, dialogue again, and we'll, and we'll go to the Add Movie. So we'll go and we'll add this movie. There's our movie where we can add it, so we'll double tap on this. Now it's going to bring up another dialogue where it's going to add it to a specific kind of a group, and there are several groups we can add this to. Owned for keeps. Owned for sale. For trade. Owned for trade. Owned for trade or sale. Pre-owned. Pre Ordered. Ordered. I guess that means if you scanned it and you ordered it from Amazon or something like that, you could say, okay, I've ordered this movie. Wish. And there's a wish, so if you want to add it to a wish list, you could add it to your wish list. Rented. Rented. Pre-rented. And then pre-rented. I have no idea. How you could have a pre-rented movie, but there you go. So I'm going to choose Owned for Keeps because I know I want to add this to my collection, so I'm going to double tap Owned for Keeps. And now it's in my now it's in my movie collection. So that's how you add that's how you add titles to your movie collection. The only other thing in here is now there's so there's the plus button. And have I missed anything? No. Okay, so these are the buttons on the top. Now we're going to talk about the buttons on the bottom. And of course, well, let me talk about the middle of the screen first. Let's do that. Because the middle of the screen is where we're showing our, our movies. And as I said, all the numbered ones are at the top. 2012, There's 2012. Science fiction. So what it will say, and, and of course I could right-flick to see these as well. And if I right-flick, or if I just tap on the screen, it's going to tell me several things here. I happen to have landed on the one that said 2012. I have that movie. And so I'll flick on that, and I'll let you hear what it says. Or I won't flick on it. I'll try and tap on it again, or I'll, maybe I'll tap on something else. 2012. 2009 action. Adventure. Drama. Science fiction. Suspense. Thriller. Number 165 owned. Four keys. So what it tells me is the name of the movie, the genre, the collection number, which actually is wrong because when we first started, my wife and I first started doing this, I started at one end of our DVD collection and she started at the other end of the DVD collection. I was trying to scan them in as best I could and sometimes I would just type in a title like I did here for you today. So the collection numbers are off. I can go in, I could double tap on this and I could go in and I could change that collection number and say, okay, this is on, you know, this is title 143, assuming that, that the first DVD on my first shelf starts with number one, and the second one, number two, the third one, number three, etc. I could go in and say, okay, I'm going to rearrange all these collection numbers so that the collection numbers match where that should be on my shelves of DVDs. I've got about 400 DVDs, so it would be quite a, quite a challenge, I guess, to do that, but, but I could do that. And I can just flick to the right. 
Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Now we now and, and I just happen to be at the end of the number, so here's our here's our A's that we've coming in that we're coming into now. Indiana Jones bonus material. 2003 I'll probably erase this Indiana Jones bonus material because that was just an extra disc that was included in the Indiana Jones box set. So I haven't decided whether I'm going to keep that in there or not, but but there it is in the A's. And and honestly, I don't have any idea why the Indiana Jones bonus material is in A. I've got another one that says uh, the Dark Kingdom or something that's in the letter R. So I need to write to the guy and say, you know, I've got two titles that really one should be in D and one should be in B for bonus material or I for Indiana Jones. I don't understand why it's sitting in the A set of things. It shouldn't be. But there's Aladdin. Alice in Wonderland. And, and if I double tap... All dogs go to heaven. If I double tap on any one of these, we will come into the same menu that we were in a while ago when we were looking to add the movie to the database. Remember there was that details menu and we could flick through it and see the title and the, and the genre and see a trailer if there was one available and go into the IMDB. It's that exact same dialogue that we can go into and we can check out everything about Alice in Wonderland or everything about whatever movie we happen to be pointing to. So that's kind of nice. One of the other nice features here is they do have an index feature on the right side of the screen like they do in many applications. Table index. So if I touch the right side of the screen, there's my table index. So if I down arrow, we'll just go down to the S's here. There's my S's. And we will just, we'll just cruise down here. We should see Shrek in here. And in fact, there it is. There's Shrek. There's Shrek the Halls right there. So now we know we have Shrek the Halls within our in our catalog. So when my wife comes home tonight and she decides to add more of the Christmas movies, I'm going to have to tell her, "Hey, I added Shrek the Halls, so don't add that one," because if she does add it, it may show up in here twice, and I'll have to go through and I'll have to remove one of the entries. I know she added some last night. We had like there was two duplicates that I saw, and it will tell her, by the way, that this is already here in the catalog. Do you want to replace it? And, uh, and it might either replace it, but the two that I saw this morning were duplicates. So I just deleted them, no big deal. So she'll come home and she'll add some more movies because she can scan them in faster than I can. And either I'll tell her, hey, don't add Shrek the Halls because I've already done that. And she'll do the rest of the, of the holiday movies. And then what will happen is I will synchronize my phone and everything she scanned will then come into my catalog. So, but she'll have to synchronize her phone so that that Shrek the Halls that we've just added comes into her phone so she'll see it on her catalog. And we'll talk about synchronization um, in a second. Let's talk about some of the things on the bottom of the screen now, the, the buttons on the bottom. And these are the ones that the, that the free package has. The free package has all of these. It has most of the ones on the top as well that we talked about. Um, I guess it's really its only limit really is that it, the free one can only add a hundred. So I guess if you have a really small collection, you could go with the free one. But if you have a large collection like I do, you're going to be stuck going with the 498 one. The first one is selection, and that's the that's the one that we happen to be selected at. We're looking at the um, we're looking at we're looking at the uh, collection. I'm sorry, we're looking at collection, and it says it's selected. So we're looking at collection. If I if I move to the right. Persons. Persons. They probably should have renamed this actors, but if I go in and I double tap on persons, I'm not going to do that here for brevity. 
it will show me everybody in my DVD catalog from A to Z. So if I want to say, well, how many movies is, do I have that Mike Myers is in? Or how many movies do I have that Will Smith is in? Or Dwayne Johnson? Or uh, Julia Roberts? Or something like that. Julie Andrews. I can double tap on that person and it will go through the catalog and display those movies that have that particular person. I haven't gone in here, so I don't know really if there's an either or. Give me Julie Andrews and Mike Myers, if there was such a thing. I don't know if it'll do that or not, because I have not really been interested in that. But that's the person's uh, button. Releases. button. The next one is releases. This one is kind of interesting. We'll go into this one. Uh, what it does is it just, it's using the United States release catalog, which is kind of nice. And you'll understand in a second why I'm, why I'm kind of why I'm kind of pleased about that. If I tap on the United States button, it will bring up a list of countries. So I might say, well, I really want to see the listings for the UK, or I want to see them for Germany, or Italy, or Brazil, or whatever. So I can double tap on this button, and it will bring me up a list of countries, and I can change that list, and and then get those release dates for those particular movies. If I flick to the right. It says arrow L, and this will become apparent in a second. If I flick to the right again, this week. This, it says this week. If I flick to the right one more time, it says arrow R. The reasons for the arrow L and the arrow R are because you can change what week you want to look at. So if I arrow R, it will show me next week. If I arrow R again, it will show me a week after that. Arrow R again, show me a week after that. If I arrow, or I, I should say arrow, uh, yeah, right. If I arrow L, if I really wanted to, I could see, well, what movies came out last week? I noticed when I arrowed R a few times, it would say, like, week 7, week 8, week 9. I think that's because they're counting from the beginning of the year. So, uh, if I just arrow R once, it will say next week. But if I arrow R too many times, it will eventually say, okay, week 4, week 5, week 6. And it will show me what movies are coming out. If I flick right again, Selected. Disc Blu -ray white. it will say disc Blu-ray white. I don't know why it says that, but that will sh what it and that is selected because what I want to see here is I want to see the Blu-ray titles that are coming out this week. If I flick right again, I want to see the DVD titles that are coming out this week. I can't really select both of them. It's an either-or proposition. Notice lists may be incomplete or even empty in some countries. We are working on improving the lists. So it's, and this is just a notice telling you the list may be incomplete or empty in some countries. They're working on improving the lists. And then we flick again, and now we're into the Blu-ray DVD releases for this week. 10, United States, 8,213, Gassy House, United, a woman, a gun at a noodle shop, United States, 2009, February 1st. And it tells me, it tells me when, when they're coming out on February 1st. Of course, everything was released last Tuesday. It's now the 4th, and everything was released on Tuesday. Airline disaster, United States. 2010, Alice in Wonderland, United States. Here's Alice in Wonderland. Let's just real quickly go in and just mention this. If I go into here... What you're going to see, I'm on the same details screen as I was on before that we did when we added Trek the Halls, when we went and checked the details of that. Details. Heading. Add movie. You'll notice it's the same. Here's the add movie. So um, if I wanted to add that, and the reason I think they put the add movie in here is because I could add it to my wish list, or I could say, well, you know what, I ordered that when I went to Amazon and I picked up Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it'll be here next week. So let me go add that into my ordered um, group. But this, it's the same thing you recognize in this particular group as we were when we were, when we were adding Shrek the Halls. Alice in Wonderland. Blu-ray. 7.5. Button. Back. Button. View trailer. View trailer. Country. Country. Time. Origin. Running time. Running time. Release date. All the same things. Video all the same thing we saw before. I 
IMDb. Everything we saw before, the IMDb, all the, the directors, the description of it, the whole deal, just like we saw in the other in the other menu. So let's go back here. United States, one of one. And let's go ahead and get out of this. And so this is how you can look at new releases for DVDs or Blu-rays. And you can see the details of everything in there. So let's go out of that. This is the releases one. The next one is trailers. And by the way, these ones that we're looking at here, all of these can be done with the free version as well. Unfortunately, the trailers, they're using the UK database. I wrote to the guy and I said, well, the problem with this is your, is your dates are all off. For instance, they show a trailer in here for True Grit, and they say it won't be in the UK theaters until February 10th. Well, we've already had it in our theaters for probably three or four weeks now. And he said, well, right now they're kind of stuck with using this UK database, and they're going to see if they can't at some point get to where they can use a, a United States database. Um, and if I tap on UK, by the way, It'll let me choose Germany, France, Italy, you know, different countries. Um, but nothing, but I cannot choose United States. And again, we can go into here. True Grit, one trailer, February 10th, 2011. Well, it just happened to land on True Grit. If I were to double tap on that, it would do the thing where it says home button to the right, just like you would expect if you do a, a YouTube video or anything like that. And it would start running the trailer, just as you would expect if you're looking at a trailer in any other app. So it's pretty nice to be able to go in and look at some of these trailers or listen to the trailers and see what they look like, uh, see what they sound like. If that's a movie maybe that you want to go see, because I've done that before. See, well, do I want to really go pay 20 bucks for my wife and I to go see that movie or not? The last button on the bottom here is the settings button, and so we'll double tap or split tap on that settings button, and we'll go back to the top of our screen. And we're in our settings. The first button here is the help and support. They have an email where you can link for support. They will take you to the web page if you want to look at the web page. Um, they take you to the forums if you want to look at their forums because they do in fact have forums where you can ask people questions. Synchronization. This is what I talked about, the synchronization button. This is the heading. Update profiles. There's an update profiles button in here. I think the profiles have to do if they add anything new to the particular movies that you have in your database. Maybe somebody has changed a rating or maybe somebody has taken away a trailer, or added a trailer, or changed some information. I did do this last night and I did get one profile. And so uh, that was pretty neat to be able to get, to get one new profile. I tried it today and there were no new profiles. So that's the profiles button. Synchronize. The next button is a synchronize button. That's one that uh, my wife will probably be using tonight if she comes home and adds some more movies in there because she'll have to do that since I've added Shrek the Halls. Then when she adds all the rest of the Christmas movies and the TV series, I will do the synchronize on my end and it will pull everything that she has scanned into my phone so now I have those those new titles. Actors, load first 10. Now here's some settings. It is Actors, Load First 10. I'm pretty satisfied with only loading 10 of the actors in the list of actors in the details list, so um, I'm going to leave that at 10. Cover size, thumbnail, tilde 15 kilobytes per side. And here's the cover size. I can change, right now it says 15K per side, so, and you can change that from 15 to 50. And they tell you if you, you know, just be aware that you might need more bandwidth or you, obviously you're going to need more memory if you're going to use larger the 50K cover sizes. Cover size defines size of downloaded covers. Be aware of bandwidth and average KB per cover. See, so they're telling you right there, be aware of bandwidth and average KB for, for cover. And I'm, I'm just going ahead and using the small covers since I really don't need to, to deal with those. Collection, heading. And here's the next heading. Show titles count. 
show titles count. Right now I have this off. When you notice I, when I hit collection, it said collection um, selected. If I had this title count turned on, and here's the switch for it right here. Show titles count. Switch button off. Switch is off. Tap if I turn out. that switch on, it, when I hit the selection and it would say selected, it would tell me how many titles were in my, my selection. I, or my collection. I turned this on last night and at the time we had 402 in the collection since I've, I've since then turned it off. I deleted two entries so now it's back down to 400 but yet I've added the Shrek the Hall so now I'm back up to 401 and when my wife does the rest of the Christmas ones that she has to do in the TV series we'll be we'll finally have our complete collection in here except for the movies that we've loaned out to uh, to one of my daughters. Once we get those movies we will add them back in and then if they borrow any other movies for the grandkids we will say oh yeah she has Shrek the Halls and she borrowed it on February 5th and so we know that she has it and we know when she borrowed it so we can say hey do you still have that movie or did you forget you had that movie show persons count. Switch button off. there's a show persons count now it's kinda of funny what they've done is they flipped some of these unfortunately so here's the switch for show persons count so if you really want to know you have 3,000 actors in your DVD collection, you could turn that switch on. So when you hit the Persons button on the bottom, it would say Persons 4,500 or whatever. It's going to show how many people you've actually got in your database in these movies. Show persons count. But there's the label for it, so they should have flipped these around and they didn't. They should have put the label first, then the button, but it's still doable. Disable cover flow. Switch button off. There's the disable cover flow, and I probably will do this because the cover flow, what it does is when you tilt the phone sideways it widens the screen and it's usually used for displaying more pictures in our case it's still going to probably only display one DVD title per line since we're using wall mode so I probably will turn off the cover flow I just have not gotten around to doing it Disable cover flow. and there's its label which should have been flipped the other way online collection. now we're into online collection what you can do here is you can the online collection is a website on our server showing your collection to share with family and friends you can actually share your collection with family and friends. I don't know why you do this other than to show them what you got in case they wanted to buy you a birthday present or a holiday Christmas present or a Hanukkah present or something Kwanzaa. I guess you could do that so they would know what you have in your catalog or I guess you could show them your collection and say, oh, you've got that, I want to borrow that one. Although I don't know why you do that. I don't have that one turned on. Import database package. Import database package. You can import databases from other sources. I haven't tried this. If I try this now, it'll just say that it can't find it. I think what you have to do is when you sync this with iTunes, there's probably a share button as there are in some other apps, like document reading apps, where you can probably browse for the database on your computer and you can put the database in there so when it loads it up into your, uh, when it syncs your iPhone the next time, it will load the database in there and then you can tap on this and it will import all of your DVDs from that other database into this one and that's pretty neat. So if you have a catalog that has another database that you can export that database, you wouldn't have to waste time and, and rescan or re-enter all of your titles. Email collection. Email collection, I'm assuming, haven't tried this one yet either, but I'm assuming you could just email, I guess it would email your entire collection. Um, I don't know if it's an attached file or if it's just this really long list of, of titles that you could email to somebody. So if somebody said, well, what DVDs do you have? You could email them that. Connect to my movies for WMC. Connect to my movies for WMC, Windows Media Center. I don't have a television with Windows Media Center co connected, but I'm guessing that if you had that connected and you had one of those DVD um, players that they have out that are about 600 bucks, where you can put 150 to 250 movies in there, 
it would be pretty neat because you could then, uh, as this little, as I flick right, it will tell you here. By connecting to my movies for Windows Media Center, you can use your iPhone to start playback of titles on the Media Center. So, yeah, you can use your iPhone to start playback of titles on the Media Center. I'm assuming this would work if, if you had one DVD player in your machine. I guess you could put the DVD in there. You'd have to go get it off the shelf, put it in there, and then use your iPhone to actually start playing it. But if you had one of those changers, that's kind of making me think how much fun it might be to have one of those changers if they're not too expensive, where you could put about 300 titles in there, and then you could just go to that title and hit the appropriate button, and it would start playing it. That would be pretty neat to be able to do that. Newsletter. Then there's a where you can subscribe to the newsletter. By subscribing to our newsletter, you will receive information about product editions and or new releases. So product, you can do two, two different newsletters, either new releases or additions to the product or updates to the product. And I went ahead and subscribed to both of those newsletters. My Movies for iPad. Then they talk about the a little button here to tell you about the My Movies for iPad, which is about seven bucks, I guess. Log out. And then there's a log out button. And so, but you don't have to be logged out, My what I have found. And then here's the, the version 1.21. And then we're back to the collection button. On one of the DVD catalogers that my wife had, I tried to play with that one. I found it was fairly accessible, but the problem was if she was logged in, I couldn't log in. So she had to log out in order for me to get into the catalog. This one doesn't seem to matter. They don't care if you're both logged in at the same time. Maybe that's because you can just sync it back and forth between the two, between the two items. So now here we are back to our back to our collections Selected. button again. And now here we are back to wall mode. So that's My Movies Pro for iPhone uh, $4.95. The My Movies for iPhone from Binnerup Consult is free, but only a hundred titles. And uh, and it has a few less features to it. But the hundred titles would be the one that would that would stop it for me because I have way more movies than a hundred titles in my catalog. So look for My Movies Pro for the iPhone in the App Store under Binnerup Consult and uh, have some fun with it. If you'd like to get a hold of me, my email address is pfhj2000. That's pfhj, Paul Frank, Hotel Juliet, 2000 at gmail.com. If you'd like to contact me, if you have any questions about this particular app or any other iPhone apps for that matter, drop me a line. And thanks for listening. Welcome to another BlindBargains.com exclusive audio podcast brought to you by the AT Guys, your assistive technology experts. Visit ATGuys.com today for all of your technology needs. Now, here's J.J. Meadow. We're here with Betsy Bowman, General Manager for the Literacy Program at Benetech. Benetech, of course, uh, probably most well-known for Bookshare service. And we have several new things uh, that you'd like to show us here today at ATI Orlando. Uh, welcome to uh, Blind Bargains. Thanks. Good to be here. Probably the uh, most talked about uh, news uh, of the week from Bookshare is the uh, the new forthcoming app uh, for the iPhone iPod Touch uh, for uh, reading Bookshare titles. So why don't you go ahead and start off tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's called read to go and it's Read, R-E-A-D, the number two, Go. Mm -hmm. um, read to go is 
great. It uses uh, our API that I'll talk about in a little while for you tech fans out there. But what that basically means is it has a great direct connection to Bookshare. So we've developed this in conjunction with Shinano Kenshi, who most of you may know more about uh, producing Plextor products, like yep, the Plextalk Plex Talk. Pocket. Um, and uh, they've been a fabulous partner to work with uh, getting this thing uh, off the ground and going. So uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it and try to see if we can have you hear a little bit of it as we go through. Sure. So uh, with Read2Go, it, it works, as JJ said, on the iPod Touch, the iPhone, and, of course, the iPad. Um, and it's, it's designed to use voiceover for, of course, all of your navigation around the device, and we've included two acapella voices that actually read the books, which is really exciting. So for those of you who already download our friend Heather, for example, from uh, from the Bookshare site to read with Read Out Loud or Victor Readersoft, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be very familiar with it. Sure. So why don't we jump in uh, briefly into read to go So one of the things that's great is we've really made it simple. So there's a, a bookshelf. Bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And bookshelf is the place you find all your books, so you don't have to wonder, gee, where did I put those books? They go straight into a bookshelf. Sure. It's alphabetized, all that good stuff. And you, I do not have all the voiceover commands on, but free to learn. so I just, uh, I just navigated detail. down to free to learn, a book by Hal Plotkin in the Department of Education. That's actually using the acapella voice. Uh, yeah. Here's there. Exactly. And if I had voiceover on, it would be going through all of the buttons that I would highlight over, gotcha. but you'll still hear it on here. Okay. So I'm going to hit read. Read start. Bookshelf. The movement began in earnest in 2001 after Massachusetts Institute of Technology President Charles Vest announced that MIT would establish a groundbreaking and unprecedented so that gives you a little yep. a little hint of Heather reading. And, and like uh, most really good tools, it, it has the ability to control the rate of the voice. Mm-hmm. You can choose a couple of voices. For those of you who are, who are looking at it, it also does uh, word-by-word highlighting along with the speech. And okay. you can in, absolutely enlarge the font up to 70 point, which can is you, really cool. Can uh, you uh, navigate like by word or by character, things like that? Or? You can navigate by section right now, and you can... Uh, it, it does include on the word side of it. I shouldn't forget. It includes our our Bookshare full text search, so you can actually search right. for books by word. But you can't navigate um, word by word right now. Okay. But we're we're looking to get this out there and really get lots of feedback. So we want everybody right. to give it a try. It's it's not in the App Store quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does have to go through the Apple approval process, as many oh, of yeah. you are aware. And uh, once that's out there, we will let everybody know when it's available. Sure. Um, so it ties in. Not only can it read books, you can also download uh, books. We, we're not going to demonstrate that here because the Wi-Fi is just not the greatest. Yeah. But. Well, and that's one of the coolest things is you can be truly anywhere. And as long as you have Wi-Fi or if you have a device that's on a 3G or 4G connection, you get your book. And it's it's really simple to just hit download and play. And not only books, you could uh, use it in the morning and download your uh, late, the new newspaper for the day. Absolutely. We've, uh, we've made sure that the periodicals function works really well with our NFB Newsline periodicals. So you can do your updates really easily. You can look for dates. You can look for different editions. It's really fabulous. Sure. Um, the bookshelf, I'm assuming it's just limited by the memory of your phone as far as how much you could... Uh... You got it. <laughs> right. 
in the download process. It downloads it and unzips it, and it does it basically all authenticate by your account. If you purchase the app, you put in like your your Bookshare username, password, or it does. The app is is smart enough that when you first load it up, it asks you if you want to go ahead and set up all your info, and that's also where you can set other settings that you just think you're not going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make it pretty easy at the the bottom of each page there's an ability to jump into a menu so if you're reading and you want to search or you're searching and you want to jump to your bookshelf that's all really easy to do as well as go in and change your settings uh, you can also set bookmarks as you go but yeah the whole unzip process it, it really sort of does uh, kind of automatically um, in the in the background so you don't have to worry about it sure how much does the app cost so the app will go for $19.99 right and I don't you know, well, people talk about the cost of everything. I think much of that probably comes from the licensing of the acapella voices or I mean, giving it a little better sound than just if you were to use the voiceover voice for reading books, which isn't probably the clearest voice ever. You definitely have an improvement. Uh. Yeah, well, that was one of the things we've heard for a long time, and one of the reasons we've been working with acapella for a couple of years now is because people really do like those voices, and that is part of the cost. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's... Whenever you're developing products and working with commercial companies, there's some cost in there you yep. have to bear. And Apple takes its little chunk as well, of course. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so when do you anticipate this uh, being released? We don't get really great info from Apple on when that will be exactly. You have submitted but, it. Uh, uh, it's just about to go into submission. We're still gotcha. doing some final testing. Okay. Um, but, you know, we're hoping within the next month. Uh, we're, we're definitely saying some time in this quarter. I, I don't see any issue with that. Okay. You know, any plans to uh, develop for other uh, phone platforms, mobile platforms? Or? Actually, that's a fabulous question. We are um, in process right now of working on an Android project. Okay. So our goal is really to make sure that people can read Bookshare books when, where, and how they want to read them. So, you know, that's sure. the key. So Android is, is absolutely uh, on our roadmap, and we'll look to do that as an open source and free product. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. There's um, several other things going on at Bookstore, and this might have been the one that a lot of people are talking about. There's a, but several uh, announcements and things that came out uh, this week and over the last couple of months. Uh, one involving uh, an API, which an API, for those of you who might not know, is an application programming interface um, for those who wish to tie into Bookshare uh, for developers. I'll let you take it from there and explain a little bit what, what that means. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's actually what we used to make this uh, this read-to-go application that we just heard a little bit of so seamless and uh, the API allows a developer if you're a whether it's an AT provider or it's somebody who has a say a library of their own that they want to be able to let people do a bookshare search and if you're a bookshare member be able to download right through mm-hmm. your own library or device uh, so we're, we're really opening up that API it's it's been open for a while but we've sort of been uh, kind of handing it out onesie twosie with right. when people sign in. We've now launched this as part of our brand new developer portal, and the developer portal is cool because we'll have other projects out there. So you know, Bookshare has a long history of working with great volunteers. That's mm-hmm. how we started, and we still do lots and lots of our books with volunteers. Right. Uh, and any of you listening out there, I just want to say thank you again for all the work that you do. Uh, we appreciate every bit of it. Um, and we get more and more people saying they want to volunteer maybe with some technical background. Maybe they're a programmer and they want to mm-hmm. play around. So we want to make this uh, developer portal a place people can go and both work with the API, but other things that we'll put up there, including some opportunities for people who want to just do something cool. Sure. 
So the API is it basically free for developers to absolutely. within the obviously the terms of service or whatever you know the, however it's set up, but. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and really, we've, we've got it in the portal now just so that we can better manage yeah. who's using it. Do they need help? Do they right. have a question? Uh, so so yeah, as long great. as you're using it, as long as you're not using it to distribute books to the world without license or anything, you know, you can basically have, have reign of it. Yeah, the good news is it, it won't really let you do that. I mean, it is designed so that someone still has to authenticate sure. uh, as a Bookshare member to use it. Um, and that's, again, that's one of the, the powerful things about it. It kind it takes care of all the other pieces in the back end, so it's it's quite easy to develop right. with. And uh, we're talking here at ATIA to lots and lots of AT vendors about about more work that right. we can do on that. Sure. But as far as your simple uh, search and lookup uh, abilities, anybody could tap into that. And absolutely, yeah. We you know one of our goals is for more people that need accessible books to be able to read them. So mm-hmm. finding them is the first step. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Um, there's more to uh, to Benetech than just Bookshare, and your title kind of indicates that. Um, and that you were telling me before the interview about a couple other projects that uh, you have going on, uh, one involving diagrams, which definitely sounded pretty interesting uh, to me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the other things and projects that are going on? I will. Actually, one other thing we announced here before we jump out okay. of Bookshare is uh, we have a brand new version of Read Out Loud Bookshare oh, right. Edition uh, mm-hmm. now up on the site. So for those of you who... Uh, want an upgrade, a, a new version? Check it out, especially for you Snow Leopard users that we've been hearing from. Is this You'll more of a? This is more happy. for the uh, learning disabled community, right? It, or does it, it work? Is. Okay, it is. It's it's mostly targeted at the learning disabled community, but you know, I hear a lot of different people who who want to play with it and use it. Right. So, uh, just another good thing that yeah. we're announcing, so that okay. uh, we cover the bases. Uh, let's talk about the Diagram Center. Uh, Diagram Center. Uh, much like with Bookshare, we have Bookshare for Education, uh, funded by the Office of Special Education Programs at the Department of Ed. Uh, we also got funded last year to do uh, a project called Diagram, which is Digital Image and Graphic Resources for Accessible Materials. We have wow. to have an acronym, <laughs> but you know it spells out. You made diagram, one for Diagram. So, that's awesome. Uh, uh, that's perfect. And and Diagram, of course, is descriptive because what it's about. This is an R and D project. This isn't. A service like mm. Bookshare, this is working with people all across the field, um, trying to make tools, standards, practices, guidelines, um, both on the production side of accessible images and graphics and on the user side of accessible image and graphics. So mm-hmm. that is everything from let's work with assistive technology reader vendors to make sure that their tools handle image descriptions appropriately. Mm-hmm. And let's make sure on the production end that there are good tools and, and standards so that image descriptions, tactile graphics, all those things are, are covered really well. And so this is focused because it's out of the Department of Ed on education, but of course it's going to benefit everybody uh, mm-hmm. down the line. And um, to give you an example of some of the kind of things we're doing there, our, our two partners in this are uh, the DAISY Consortium, so George Kirscher sure. is one of our partners, uh, as is uh, NCAM, the National Center for Accessible Media at WGBH in Boston. Okay. You guys may know them for doing, uh, they're taking part in a study about effective STEM image descriptions. Uh, right. They're also the people who are experts on closed captioning and they're working on video descriptions. So great partners to work with. I I feel really uh, lucky to have such smart people to be able to work Mm -hmm. with on this project. And then we've pulled in an advisory group and some working groups 
of some of the main experts in these fields uh, mm-hmm. to, to try to say, what can we do to move this whole field forward? So sure. we've been working on new standards. So working actively with George and DAISY and EPUB and HTML5 standards mm-hmm. so that we make sure that we have all of the different hooks that are needed so that people sure. can put accessible images and graphics in, into books and other media. Um, some of the other stuff we're working on, for example, on the Benetech side is uh, looking at how we can crowdsource image descriptions. So for people out there, say you got a bunch of college students who are biology experts and we have biology textbooks either in Bookshare or somewhere else, we want to make it easy for people to be able to add their expertise and add image descriptions to books after the fact and of course work with publishers and others about getting them in from the get-go so uh, and kind of a third prong that NCAM is leading that you all might want to check out is uh, we've already posted on diagramcenter.org under research and development a set of product matrices Mm -hmm. we've been first thing you got to know before you can figure out what to do next is figure out the state of the union, so to speak. So we've gone out there and under NCAM's leadership, we've looked at bunches of products that are out on the market today and given um, a whole listing of how do they handle graphics, do they handle graphics and pictures, do they let you have access to image descriptions as it is today, Um, same with production tools. But what that's also becoming is is really just kind of a neat reference of different AT that's out there. Uh, We include prices, we include, we've been looking at RFB and D as well as Bookshare Books to see what it's compatible with and really trying to get a good view of what is the state of the market today and, and then where do we go from here. Sure, definitely. I know. I know that image description. That's definitely been an issue, especially in college textbooks for you know, since the dawn of textbooks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yep. really nice to see uh, some progress being made there. Yeah, um, and and at diagramcenter.org, we're also really looking for everybody to participate that has something to add. And so okay. we're setting up more and more discussion groups and things like that. So if you have an interest in this area or any expertise out there, you know, definitely jump in and take a look and. Let's start some. So you're looking discussion. for user feedback for sure. Like maybe people have taken classes, or how would they like? Sure, everything from yeah. user feedback to hey, I've got an idea, or gosh, right. if if we could only have a way that tools did X, that would be great. You know, any sort mm-hmm. any sort of input, um, and you know, let's make it a public discussion. Sure. Uh, one more to talk about. Uh, you mentioned a thing about uh, Route 66. Yeah, this is um, when when you said. A, a little earlier that you know my title has literacy program in it right. um, because we are uh, working beyond purely the bookshare and even diagram world for uh, a number of years we've had a demo out there of something called route 66 it's route 66 literacy.org mm-hmm. and route 66 is really much more of a tool around learning to read so it's targeted at adolescent and adult beginning readers gotcha it's great for people with developmental disabilities and we've developed it in conjunction with dr karen erickson at unc chapel hill out in north carolina and karen is uh a more and more renowned expert uh, in this area. And so basically we've taken Benetech's technology and Karen's amazing research and pedagogical work and put them together into a tool. And the basic gist is a teacher, a parent, a volunteer, a friend who is literate can sit with a learner and walk through uh, reading Mm -hmm. as well as writing exercises that are 
uh, really neat in the fact that they are, the content is instead of C-Spot Run, because we want to make it interesting for older learners, it's about things like weather and animals and sports, and yet it's at a reading level that's a beginning reading level and has uh, lots of great suggestions in there for the person who's assisting the learner to be able to say, ah, hey, you know, this word begins with R. Is, is yeah. there another word that begins with R? And you can go through sure. a lot of exercises, and uh, it's really a fantastic tool. The people over the last uh, little little while, a couple of years actually, who've been using the demo just rave about it. So for uh, those in the field, it's, um, it's really fantastic, and we're announcing here really a, a, the full launch of Route 66, and it's... You can try it free for 45 days, right. and then there's a yearly subscription after that. And uh, it's generating a lot of buzz around here at ATIA. Sure, especially. Um, anything? Is there anything else? that? Um, there's so many press releases and things going on. <laughs> I'll make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, no, I think we've, uh, I think we've hit the main four things that, that we're announcing here this week. Of course, uh, we're always working on new things. Uh, I, would, I would suggest everybody... Uh, stay tuned to the Bookshare blog sure. um, somewhere in the next few weeks. Once I get back home and out of uh, trade show mode, um, I'll do a little bit of a looking ahead out there to give some more ideas about some of the new things to expect in 2011. Sure, and especially with the uh, developer portal. I mean, who knows, quite a few things could be developed by others, um, perhaps even you know, increase the functionality further. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And there, there are some really neat other um, groups out there uh, I, I was in uh, India last fall for the DAISY board meeting. I'm on the board of the DAISY Consortium and uh, met with a, a wonderful group of, of people who are doing their own sort of development sandbox with a kind of a let's try to find new and interesting tools that could be out there. So, you know, I want them to link up to our developer portal as well and, mm-hmm. and sort of have two sandboxes, and that's run by the people who started Braille Without Borders. Sure. If you want to, if for people who want to get more information about uh, uh, Bookshare or Benetech, uh, what's the best way to do that? Uh, for Benetech, our website is benetech.org, B-E-N-E-T-E-C-H.org, mm-hmm. and uh, Bookshare is bookshare.org, and from bookshare.org you can, or Benetech, you can link to pretty much all the things we've been talking about. Sure. Well, uh, Betsy, thank you so much for uh, stopping by. You're welcome. This is great fun. Good to see you again. This has been another exclusive audio podcast from Blind Bargains. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest technology deals, news, and interviews. So long. Welcome to another BlindBargains.com exclusive audio podcast brought to you by the AT Guys, your assistive technology experts. Visit ATGuys.com today for all your technology needs. Now, here's J.J. Meadow. We're here with Earl Harrison, president of HandyTech North America. And he almost has his voice here, which is good enough because we want to talk to him about uh, several new things. Uh, one of them sitting right in front of me, this new active Braille, Braille display. Uh, Earl, welcome to Blind Bargains, and why don't you tell me a little bit about this. Thanks. Great to be here, as usual. Um, Active Braille is a 40-cell Braille display. It is just being unveiled here uh, in the U.S. market at at, uh, ATIA, and it is um, the first portable Braille display with uh, something called Active Tactile Control, Mm -hmm. uh, or 
ATC technology. Right. Um, basically, what that means is it senses the location of your fingers uh, on the display, and we've actually determined it. Rather, the, the manufacturers determined that the the reading finger is always the the um, highest area of pressure on the Braille display, and this has been borne out in studies and such. So, uh, about four years ago, we introduced the desktop version of uh, uh, that. that uh, of the device that has active tactile control called right. the Modular Evolution. Right. And now we're proud to have a, a more mobile ver- version. Sure. Uh, really Let's see how big is this thing. You have a, mm-hmm. you have a regular note, uh, Braille keyboard there, mm-hmm. uh, the eight dots with um, a couple space bars there in the front, and then the, the 40 Braille cells are between the space bars uh, exactly. and the Braille cells. Let's see, how heavy is this? Do you know how much it weighs? You no, know, I, 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 I don't. If I had to guess, I'd say it's about two pounds. Yeah. Bluetooth and USB. Oh, yes. Uh, it's, it's got uh, both USB uh, A and B ports mm-hmm. on it. Okay. Uh, so you can connect a, a QWERTY keyboard if you had, the, had a reason to. Okay. Um, but really the strength in this thing is with the, the active tab. Hey, let's um, so set it back down. I'm going to try to read sure. some uh, rail. I'm right over here. All right. Where would you put it further here? All right. So the theory here is it's going to, as I'm moving my fingers along the south, it's going to advance without me pressing any sort of advanced. Correct. So you said uh, chord L will bring me back to the beginning? Correct. Active Braille. And that's a blank line. The mobile Braille solution with active tactile control, ATC. Blank. Touching the... Solution. Active Braille is the world's first 40-character Braille display for patented ATI technology or ATC technology. In addition, to, uh, in addition of being an ergonomically optimized Braille display, Active Braille is also a powerful note taker on which you can store hundreds of books. So, basically, as I, my fingers get to the right edge, like right, right three or four cells, it sees that my fingers are there, and then it decides to flip it over. You have to have somewhat of a consistent Braille technique, uh, it seems. I, sometimes I read Braille where my hands are kind of going all over the place, and mm-hmm. that might confuse a little bit. Um, I guess it's my understanding you can adjust the sensitivity, or...? You can. You can actually adjust the sensitivity and the intensity of the Braille cells. Right. And we've, we've discovered that people who have a, who've been reading for a really long time, <laughs> such as yourself, and you probably have a pretty light touch, Right. Uh, we, we've de- de- determined that setting it on the lowest uh, intensity... Uh, tends to, sure. give, to give better results. Right. It, no, it was, it was actually doing a really good job for me not adjusting any settings or anything. And, you know, it basically was advancing when I wanted it to. And it, for some reason, it didn't advance. You kind of just swipe your, your finger over to the right, and then, you know, it will advance. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it, it, instead of having to use cursor routing keys and things like that, it's, uh, uh, it seems like a definite improvement. Well, yeah. One of the examples that we use is, that, you know, the book Gone with the Wind. Right. consists of about 600,000 characters. Mm-hmm. And you know, d- during the course of reading that book, you're, you press the, the space bar or whatever navigation key you need to press about 20,000 times. So <laughs> it, I guess in, in that sense, it's uh, er- ergonomically correct because you're not always you know, forever pressing buttons. Sure, sure. Definitely. If, if you're an avid Braille reader, or, well, hey, everybody should be if you're, you know, if you're totally blind. Mm-hmm. It's... It, uh, Definitely seems like it might make things a little bit easier. How, it works well with the screen readers, I take it. Oh yes, it works with all the major screen readers. Um, you know, I, I just love the ability to sit and read and read and read a, right. a book, for example. Mm-hmm. But 
it, its real strength is not in the fact that it's a portable note taker because those you know those are all over the place. Right. Lots of choices for those. Its real strength is that it's the only braille display in the world that has active tactile control. Mm-hmm. It can be connected to a computer, and I think it would be. It is very useful, for example, for Braille instruction because it comes with something called the log analyzer, right? which actually allows us to uh, gather measurable quantitative data on, okay. uh, on a student's progress. Right. So with, with the log analyzer, we can do a printout and see how many words per minute they're reading, how many times they've read backwards, how many times they've stopped, and um, some other reading behaviors as well. And so, um, and just like your other Braille displays, it has uh, the HID support. Uh, Correct. Mm-hmm. And Bluetooth. And Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. HID, uh, uh, just oh. to back up, for those who don't really understand what that means, basically means you can plug it in uh, to a computer and it will work. Is that? It just installs yeah. its own driver. Right. Um, some screen readers have something of a software bridge that is required in order for it to work. Right. But in the case of Window Eyes, for example, it just, you know, plug in Braille. Yeah, I know. I uh, I plugged in a, one of the HandyTech displays. I was surprised. I did the install, and there's actually HandyTech uh, scripts for Window Eyes that yeah. were actually custom tailored uh, yeah, for they the did screen a great reader. Job. So uh, definitely interesting. And of course, it works with the iOS devices as well. Uh, the Active Braille. They. I know that Apple has the specification for Active Braille, but I have not gotten it to work yet. Okay. Um, that, that's going to be in a, a future. Sure. Release. Right, it would just be a, a, a firmware upgrade, of course. Right, because it's such a new device. That, sure. So the Active Rail, is it shipping now? Uh, we're looking at mid-March. Okay. And the, uh, what's the price going to be for that? 6999 or $6,990. 90. Not 99 yeah. No, no, 90. no, no, 90 Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. you know. And I, I've already experienced a lot of backlash because of the price, but, you know, we've got to keep in mind that about... 11 years of uh, research and development has gone into the product. It's the only one that does what it does. Right. And, uh, well, Do you think, it's one of those things. <laughs> is there a difference in build quality between a $7,000 display and a, a $3,000 or a $2,500, 20, uh, $40,000 display? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, actually, I, I, I think um, one of our corporate customers where it was uh, shopping and they had all of them on the um, sitting on the table uh-huh. and they, they looked they, they selected ours because they said visually you can just see the qualitative difference mm-hmm. and yeah okay I'm a little bit biased because I am the North American right. distributor but um, you know pick up some of the less expensive uh, braille displays and simply put them down back down on the table there's one out there and obviously I can't mention right. names that you can actually feel all the pins just moving around when you set it down because yeah. it kind of has this clang Right, <laughs> feel to it, but it works, and and we also understand that, um, you know, the the difference between, you know, twenty five hundred dollars for a braille display and a and seven thousand dollars display could be the difference for some people between either having braille or not having braille. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, this display isn't for everybody. I mean, I mean just based on the sheer price point, but I think on functionality, um, to a braille instructional tool, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's just awesome. Sure. So sure. On a completely different note, I uh, saw a press release that HandyTech uh, North America became the uh, U.S. distributor for the accomplished uh, cash manager. It's uh, true. Yes, um, we <laughs> that that whole thing came about in a kind of an interesting way because, you know, as a blind business owner myself, I've, I'm forever struggling on a, a way to gain access to my own financials. Sure. You know? um, 
I started out with a desktop version of a popular uh, software program, and my the sighted folks in my office they were just fine with that, but I couldn't access anything sure. independently. Then we went to the online version, and that was better, but there were still a lot of things I couldn't do. And then later on, I actually hired an accounting firm, mm-hmm. and they actually had a VPN into a desktop version of QuickBooks, and I just said, wow. enough. Yeah. <laughs> enough. There's got to be something out there. There's got to be something better. And, and actually, uh, last year, I spoke with a gentleman by the name of Kane Brolin, who had been in touch with the folks at, uh, at um, Accomplished Limited, and uh, told told me about the cash manager program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually purchased it for some of our clients and w- went out and participated in some training that was actually done by Accomplish. Right. And I was impressed, and I'm in the process of moving everything from QuickBooks over to uh, right. to, to, to the cash manager system. So. How is the, uh, the, the feature set? I know a lot of the common complaints of the the financial programs for the blind, so like money talks, is what there was always very limited, and this, you know it worked for basic you know checkbook functions, but for yeah. a business it seemed very limited. Is this yeah, is a lot we, more feature rich? Or? Well, there are three versions of uh, of the cash manager software. There's a home version, uh-huh. there's a for profit version, and there's a not for profit version. Um, on, on the for profit version, which is the version that I'll be using, it it because you prefer to make a profit, right? Because well, I prefer <laughs> to at least break even. Yeah, <laughs> pay the bills. Yeah. Um, we um, we ha- we do have the ability to generate quotes and invoices and mm-hmm. and obviously do paper checks. They've got something uh, you know you can check charitable accounts, your your profit and loss statement, all this stuff. That's in a blind business owner, just like any business owner, expenses, wants to, wants to and, expenses and, and budgets. Yeah, you understand the cash manager has been around for about 20 years. Accomplish has been around for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. This is a mainstream application uh, that's been quite popular in New Zealand and Australia. And it's it's just hitting the U.S. market. Uh, and they're, they're kind of starting with us as sort of a test right. market. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as it happens, a gentleman from uh, Australia ran, bought Cash Manager, discovered that it was mostly accessible. Yep. And... Uh, there have been audits done on it since, and the, the company is very motivated to to make it accessible. So it's it's really exciting. Right. There's there's still some things that don't work with some screen readers, and, mm-hmm. and but but they're just. Uh, is there any support for uh, bringing in online transactions, things like that, or not currently? Right. No. You mean. Where, where if you do an online chat, well, like where you can link, to, or a, you can link into your bank account and a lot of the, the financial. Program. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, actually, you can definitely download your your bank activity. Right. So I thought you meant like a shopping cart in, in a. No, I'm talking. No, no. Most like QuickBooks, those programs. And gotcha. Yeah, have, definitely. You can you can download and balance your. Yeah, and uh, for anybody who's tried, they know that basically every version of QuickBooks for Windows is it's it's dead on arrival for a blind person. You, <laughs> it's you, true. You really and and and, and he's right. Yeah, the online version. Maybe. Well, even aside from that, you're paying up to forty bucks a month or more. Yeah, just to use it. It's expensive, and and uh, it's. Uh, What's the pricing structure for Accomplish? Uh, the let's see if I get this right here. Two fifty for mm-hmm. the, the for profit, two hundred for the nonprofit, and fifty bucks for the home edition. Is there a demo available? Uh, there is a demo demo available, mm-hmm. and uh, if you're at ATI, we have actually got uh, demo CDs here. We're happy sure. to mail CDs out, or you can. Uh, Go to the website and, and sure. download it. Sure. 
want you uh, to give out that website and your other uh, contact information? Sure. The, the HandyTech website is www.handytech.us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the telephone number is 651-636-5184. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, if you have questions about, if you need a, a link to the download or something, you want us to email it to you, you can email us at info at handytech.us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Earl. You're welcome. This has been another exclusive audio podcast from Blind Bargains. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest technology deals, news, and interviews. So long. That concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week.